and welcome to Mice Cast with your hosts Greg, Mike, Richard. Hello. No guests How are we doing today. Tonight? Good. No guests. Hey, we will cover tonight a couple emails we've got, and our topic tonight has actually been been suggested by two different people, uh, but we're only going to give credit to one of them. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, Coconut I know Wireless, who you're <laughs> Yeah, Coconut Wireless suggested it um, a while ago. Uh, he he sent us a thing about um, you know checking this out, and then Aussie John sent us one to check out Dung Hill Media. Uh, I mean Jim Hill Media. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny. <laughs> Dung Hill I Media. Was, yeah, he's a comical guy. You know, for a government hack, he's got a sense of humor. So. Yeah, heaven knows most government hacks don't have a sense of humor. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, right, Mike. Stiff. Yeah. You know non-creative type of people. That's why they're in government work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, he, he says, hey boys, possible idea for you. The $300 Disney Day ticket with rumors running hot, would you guys <coughs> oh, excuse me, would you guys pay $300 for Disney's Night Kingdom? The so-called response to SeaWorld's Discovery Cove. And then check out this um, you know, thing at Dunghill Media. And um, if you think that Disney is full of crap, would you pay $300 to see? By the way, no Vegas Adult Club examples, examples will be accepted. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't really read this yet. I did bring it up. Um, I've heard this rumor floating around for quite a while. And let's go to some email. We'll come back to this in a second. Okay. Now that we've wetted well, some whistles and appetites. It's called a hook. It's a hook. After this break. After this okay. break. Um, I got an email from a guy named Mark Hebert. And Mark lives in uh, Montana. Big Sky Country. Big Almost Sky. Canada, huh? No, yeah. Not, not getting there, but not quite. Okay. We, we were just, um, go ahead, Richard. I was saying we were just talking about... Uh, states that were taking so much pork uh, there's the one state that told uh, a lot of people what to do with that pork that whole big thing with the highways they said the feds said well unless you uh, put a speed limit out there we're not going to give you any highway funds and they said don't give them to us we don't care <laughs> most states misuse their highway funds anyways look at california <laughs> yeah you should see the you should see the uh, travesty of road project out here in Riverside. Well, I've seen it. The sixteen ninety one. Yeah, two fifteen. That yeah. that whole that's flexible been, oh, design stage thing that's cost overruns. Bullshit. All right. All right. So let me let me read Mark's email because it's kind of I'm going to kind of cut and paste or cut things out. But first question was <laughs> how many times could Greg tell us to? Oh wait, let me back up. This guy's listening to all our shows like one after another. I guess he's like found us and he's gone started with episode one and he's been Yikes. going through the mall. Okay. All right. So <laughs> because and of he's that. not crazy yet. <laughs> how many times can Greg tell the story about him and his friend at Disney World drinking, his friend being underage, and the panty story? <laughs> uh, as long as it gets a good laugh out of you guys, I'll keep telling it. All right. Look at that. It- You're already laughing about it. See? So it's, yeah, it's obviously got legs. Okay. Um, let's so see. A few I, haven't, on it too. I haven't told that story in a long time. He must be That's like true. on episode five. Yeah, that. that uh, is, he yeah. probably told it two or three times in a row. I probably did. Um, okay, let's see. He was listening to the Roundtable Rancho, October 2006. Meandering Mouse asked questions, made a comment that I think may be worth looking to as a discussion topic. 
and it is. He said something to the effect that with Disneyland dumping money in the subs and remaking Tom Sawyer's Island, and that perhaps Disney was heading into a new golden age. So his question is, 16 months after he made the comment, are the Disney parks heading into a new golden age? Ooh, that's a good question. Hey, well, let's change our subject tonight. Screw that $300 park. That's a pretty good question. Uh, okay. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, and want to know about a, a trip he's making. He's bringing his family, five-year-old wife, to Disneyland near future. Well, did you say a five-year-old uh, wife? Did the, his he five-year-old did daughter and my wife. Oh, okay. I thought you oh, said okay. five-year-old wife. No, And, no. and your wife? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> wow, what country is he from? <laughs> Montana. <Your wife>? Montana. <laughs> That is a far-off uh, country. So one of the options of the packages he has, four different months to choose from, March, April, May, or June. So I had written him back, told him to stay away from June. Good choice. Yeah. Um, March, uh, you can – you never know when spring breaks are around here. Well, well, March, the entire March month of March is pretty much just spring break right now. We're already, hit, we're already starting to hit the first part of it right now. And so I told him um, – Late April or early May. That's a good time. You just got to like avoid the Easter weekend. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, well, well, is that March this year? Yeah, so it's I in March. Easter's but, March, yeah. But the thing is, is it's not just uh, Easter weekend with March. You know how it used to be with the Easter break. It was the week before Easter and the week after Easter. Now it's the entire month of March because your, a lot of your year-round schools have the whole month off. And it, it's there's no rhyme or reason nowadays. When it's going to get crowded? Well, I I'd still I'd go with Mike, and I think his his recommendation is pretty good. I, I agree wholeheartedly too. All right, so you want to talk, you want to talk about the golden age? No, not really. We'll do that next. Okay. Time. All right, so <laughs> we'll save that for the next show. Okay. All right, I got an email from uh, well, D Gar. That's what it says, D Gar. Hey, Greg. Uh, this is Danny from the DPN. During the last show, I thought I heard you say that your high school marching band was pretty good. That might be a, <laughs> that might be a stretch, but I did have a high school marching band. Uh, we are close in age, and I went to Los Altos High School in Hacienda Heights. What high school did you attend, and do you remember if we competed against each other? I wasn't sure if you were comfortable with giving out the name since you didn't mention it on the podcast, and you are absolutely correct. I am not comfortable with giving out the name. Uh, but that's a whole other topic that in person you might get the information. Uh, take care. I'm looking forward to seeing you and the gang at West Fest 08. Uh, I can say, no, we did not compete. No, we did not compete. That, because we we never went in competition. Well, we did, but we're not in marching band. We only competed in... Um, concert bands. Concert band in competition, national competitions with other schools of our... Um, Slant level. We we, we were not we, a level. We, good, good idea. Slant. Yeah. yeah good it's good choice of because we we were pretty we were a small school. Like if you go back to the old sports. CIF, not not the current CIF, we were considered small school in most sports. Though a couple sports we competed up at one A. The time we were leaving. Now that whole divisional thing has changed. Um, we competed against some schools that were much larger than us um, in bands and stuff. But we did very well. We had a pretty pretty good band. We, we just said we modeled our band after Drum and Bugle Corps, but we never got to compete um, in that style band against anybody else. Yeah, and yeah, we were a very small private school, and the schools we competed with in the national competition were similarly small private schools. So well, They weren't all small, Richard. They were private schools. Oh, that's true. That's small. true. There were a couple of large ones, but overall they weren't. 
they weren't like your large. Uh, well, they weren't modern day, but they were in between modern day and maybe a marina high school as far as size. Some of them. Now, now you're starting to now you're starting to give out the. No, that's okay. all right, but we're not going to give out the name. Now, here's a funny side story concerning that same friend with the panty stories. Um, <laughs> the uh, the first year we went to this competition was my junior year i believe and right only a small group the choir i think went the year before and a semi-celebrity went to one of the schools and was at the competition so the following year when a bunch of us got to go this pan this panty fiend friend uh that i traveled to florida with wore a shirt asking where this semi-celebrity yeah. is on, on his shirt, which got him a fair amount of attention, and he was pretty good with the ladies. He just had that natural charisma. Um, unfortunately, because I was hot for her also, um, she wasn't there, so we didn't even get to you know view her from afar. Uh, but uh, if you remember the second generation or second iteration of the uh, Mickey Mouse Club and later on... Um, what was the Facts show? Of life. The Facts, Facts of, of Life. Facts of Life. Yeah, I know uh, who you're talking about. Lisa Welchel, I believe, was the way you pronounced yes. her last right. name, went to one of the schools that we competed against. So there were a few of us who were, you know, wanting to see her, but she did not show that year. We were we were greatly disappointed. So, Oh, well. I will try never to mention that story ever again. Uh, <laughs> it did have a tie-in to that other uh, stories. That so. that funny, and since we're bringing up that very that that year in the competition, that was also the year that uh, that same friend of ours and I decided that what would happen when you have a person that's sound asleep and you take crash symbols, hold it about six inches above their head, and hit it real hard. Does it really look like a cartoon? And you know what? It really does. The guy sat straight up. His eyes were bulging. Just sat there and then slowly went back to sleep. We were out of the room real fast. He he, he went right back to sleep. He didn't even realize that he had Who'd you do jumped up. I'll tell you later. Okay. So I know okay. it wasn't me. So. No, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Okay. So um, back to uh, – so, yeah, we didn't compete. Thanks for the uh, email, uh, Degar, and I uh, hope that answers your question. Danny, yeah. Uh, now, I also got one. I, did we talk about the one where uh, Stacy wrote us – uh, talking about the new young adult fiction as a continuation of the um, Kingdom Keepers. Mm, not that I recall. Okay, we have talked about Kingdom Keepers, I believe, a little bit, and there is a um, sequel coming out to it. And it is young adult. It's not terribly uh, deep in story, but it was kind of fun, though the author really screwed up uh, some descriptions of the parks. Uh, in the foreword, he talked about getting a tour of Disney World or the Magic Kingdom by a, uh, an Imagineer. He never mentioned Disneyland. So if he did, he never mentioned that, and he confused things such as the uh, Firehouse Apartment uh, placing it at Disneyland, in, or I mean at, at, in Florida, the Magic Kingdom. So possibly that was purposeful to just screw everybody up, not to give out too much detail of what he was showing behind the scenes. Who knows? But... Um, so she was letting me know about uh, this coming out, and uh, I did not know about it until she, <coughs> she told me. Uh, so I, I might end up getting it if I need some light reading. It, it was it was an interesting book. I, I, I enjoyed it. My daughter found it on her own. He goes, oh, Dad, look at this one. And 
Oh yeah, that's the one that Greg was showing me. Where actually you're yeah. playing books on tape there. I found it at uh, Pop Century, and it looked interesting. It was on recycled paper, and well, what the hell? It looks like a good, fun, light read, and we read it, and I was like, yeah, it's all right. Anything that kind of deals with the backstage at night stuff, though this one was a little way off in, in some areas, but it was still kind of fun. You got to just suspend reality for a little bit and go see one, you know. Hey, kind of like Cyclops. It's kind of like what? Cyclops. Sure. Did anybody go see uh, <laughs> the new big hot movie that was out this weekend, which wasn't actually that hot? Which one? Uh, the Vantage Point? Yes. No. Yeah, I did. And? Um, well, you know, people hate our movie reviews, but so what? It was okay. Um, interesting concept, interesting premise. But they left some holes, quite a few holes. Um, it was fun. I didn't feel totally ripped off for the price. But if I was most of you and you haven't seen it, wait for the video. Um, really? Yeah, and it's too bad because there was, there were some outstanding actors in the movie. It's just they failed to, the actors didn't fail to pull it off. Uh, the writing, the, the characters were fairly one-dimensional. There was probably only one character that really had some depth to him, and that was... Uh, um, Jack. Matthew no, Fox. No, not Matthew Fox. In fact, that was a complaint of a few people I know who saw it. His his character was very uh, single-dimensional or singular, whatever. Two-dimensional. You wanted to find out why he does what he does, but you really never find anything out about him. So it kind of left you wanting, you know. Mm. Uh, so uh, we have one here. No, we don't want to read that. Uh uh, All right, let me see. Uh, yeah, if you any got anything more. else? Otherwise, we can actually go back to our topic. Uh, let's see. I got Mark. Got Dossie John. You already read that one. Oh, um, the dude, the dude at sea, AG1 McKinney. Oh, did he send you another he, one? He, no, he got yeah, because he got the stuff I sent him. Oh, by oh, the good, way, good. are we supposed to have some special event, um, possibly on a? You know, in a special location. Is that the yes. guy, same guy? Is that- no, no, no. That's this guy's. This guy's in the navy out at sea. The the special location's a coasty. Okay, is, have we heard from coasty. coasty lately? Because no, I, I am digging that. That's like to me a a whole give back, if you will. You you would understand that Richard wouldn't get it, but you know, <laughs> um, I would really like to do that if we get the opportunity. So uh, stay in contact with the coasty. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so, so what, what, well, wait a second. What's the Navy guy have to say, Mike? You oh, had yeah, me yeah, going. Yeah. He got uh, he got our stuff. Good. Uh, That's good. Says, say hello to Greg and Richard for me. Hello. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I sent them CDs. You know, two like eight episodes of two videos, some magnets, some cards. Oh, good. You got rid of some magnets. Yeah. Hopefully they'll stick on the <laughs> ship because they won't stick on anything else. So now yeah. they're stationed at they're they're out there in the Indian Ocean, was it? He is um he is uh, near uh Africa somewhere, um doing like a weather support mission. Mission out here at the African Partnership Station is that what his email says. And I don't remember where it said it was. So do a Google search on African Partnership Station, I'm sure it'll come up. So 
He sent me some pictures of uh, his boat, the Fort McHenry. It's a boat. And it's not a ship. It's technically a ship, but those who sail aboard them call them boats. Yeah, you were going over that once before. I mean, we've always been uh, uh, corrected if we were to call the wrong type of vessel a boat when it's actually a ship. Correct. So, it is a ship, and you will probably get corrected, but, you know, those who sail them on it's the boat. The boat. What, now, what, what, is the, what is the name that where he's at? The African what? African Partnership Mission. Okay. On the USS Fort McHenry. Are you going to Google it now? Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Just here for the cruise mission out here. African Partnership Station is pretty new, and my mission is to collect environmental data. A multinational staff on board with the ship, and the ship picks up people from every country visit and conducts training. Lots of port time in some pretty interesting countries. Now, what station is he at again? Because that sounds a lot like the Pearl or the Hydra. <laughs> African Partnership so, Station. Okay, uh, maybe that's one we haven't heard about yet that will come up this season. I I hit him up about um, sharing the discs with any other Disney fans. He says, as far as he knows, he's the only one out there. Oh, poor guy. Well, you know what? Oh. We should send Luke anyway. there because you know <laughs> Luke could spread the good cheer and he could dance. And okay, here we are. It's the Gulf of Guinea. Off Africa's west coast, training African volunteers to bolster regional security, regional maritime security. Going after pirates. Cool. (coughs) Very cool. All right. Very cool. I'm reading the report on this. This is actually pretty interesting. They're going after pirates. They're going after uh, small oil tankers that are trying to supply the area and everything else. It's kind of cool. Cool. I mean, it's anyway. time to set him another set of stuff because he's only he got uh, like four shows and two videos, and we've put out like six since then. So, I have to hit him up again. Um, uh, no, no more email, really. Yeah, we've been a little thin on the email. I mean, going <coughs> going back, I think we, you know, we talked about um, well the adult theme park. We may have to do that one day. We haven't we haven't done that as a show. Now that's still outstanding. Which one? Uh, the one from Zach. He says, if you uh, if you pick an adult theme park, it would have to have a theme to a club already there, a.k.a. the Adventures Club. We we talked about oh. this email, but we never, you know, it was at the, oh. the Pleasure Island going downhill uh, scenario. Okay. Well, the Jim Hill thing, once we start talking about it, it's going to kind of yeah, it could go, back go there. So let's go back to Dung Hill and... Um, yeah, unfortunately, um, Mr. Hill, uh, you know, Dung is his professional name. He usually gets things. He's got a pretty good batting average. Let's put it that way. I mean, not everything is correct, but he obviously, like Al Putz, has some good source that gives him some information. Oh, he's got. Uh, I'll, I'll release a new update today. Some interesting... Uh, what does the putts have to say today? Uh, well, he had a... I haven't been able to read it yet, but he's talking about the monorail. Um, he's talking about a small world. They're going to put Disney characters in a small world. Really? Huh? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. 
uh, concept of adding Disney characters small was first introduced as a way to make the attraction more interesting to contemporary Chinese. So he's, I guess they're taking the idea out of um, Hong Kong and bringing it here. Oh, is that what they're doing in Hong Kong? Yeah. Uh, a cartoonist version of Peter Pan fly around Big Ben in the United Kingdom seeing Little and Stitch will surf through the Polynesian scene. Simba will take up residence with the rest of the wildlife in the African room. Um, and then there's going to be apparently an American room put in somewhere. The uh, rainforest scene used to have the curving flip between Polynesian room and grand finale. Um, is going to be representing good old U.S. of A. You know, one thing I noticed, I, I was driving past the area back there where they're staging all the equipment. And I had hoped that they were going to do something more with the flumes. They're still putting the same stand-up flumes on the floor that we had in the past. They're just putting new brackets on there. So it looks, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be the exact same thing, maybe just a little bit bigger and maybe a little straighter so they can put the larger boats in. But it's still going to be this flume standing up above the floor instead of actually building a concrete flume for it like Pirates or like, for that matter, Walt Disney World has. I think it's too late to introduce that ride system I mean, it could be done, but not in a year. I mean, they would have to literally take everything out um, to do that. I, I just don't see that happening uh, in a year. That, that, that would be a large undertaking. It would be nice. Um, yeah, it would be nice, but... Yeah, I don't think that, that's happening. So, um... Hey, McDonald's, what? McDonald's going away, Carnation going away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you mean the sponsorships of McDonald's? Yeah. And yeah. Carnation ice cream's going away? Carnation going away. What are they bringing in? Well, or something? No, no. Oh, apparently Carnation it's... ice cream's been gone for a long time. It's the, the only the name has stayed. Carnation Cafe. It's one of the two table service restaurants in, or three, excuse me, table service restaurants in Disneyland. Right. Still has their name out there. And Carnation, Carnation Plaza Gardens Garden still has a name out there, right? That's what I'm saying. Only the name has stayed. Carnation ice cream has been gone for a long time. What's the ice cream on Main Street? Gibson Girl. Oh, that's right. And yeah, I think it has a it has some Hagen Dazs and some of that stuff. So the, well, the little Carnation, the Main Street uh, Cafe, is that still got Carnation's name on it? Yes. Okay, so that's going. Away. They're the, they're Although they're yes, they're refurbishing it right now. It's, it has a construction wall around the patio, and it's supposed to open up. I think this weekend. Oh, speaking of construction walls, Richard, I did go over and see the one in front of the old egg house. What did you think of that? Um, hated it. Hated <laughs> it. <laughs> Compared to the way that I've seen it done at the Magic Kingdom, that was like looking at a Knott's, Ber Knott's Berry Farm version. Oh, yeah? It was horrible. Not to mention that, like you mentioned, the picture they took of it, uh, so you you know, so you see it at a certain angle, showed the gate being open, so you could see backstage. That was pretty, yeah, that was kind of funny. That was, yeah, funny in a perverse kind of way, I guess. Yeah. But uh, compared to the way I've seen it done at the Magic Kingdom, poor, poor showing. Yeah, it's I just didn't have any. Uh... I haven't seen the ones over at Magic Kingdom, so this was the first time I've seen it d done this way. You so know what? I you probably cool. have in some photos I've shown you, but because they've been done so well, you didn't even notice. Could be. And I'm serious. They, if you're oh. just walking by sometimes, you don't even notice. I mean, they, they do a really good job of, of putting those up. 
But I thought it was still pretty decent. I thought it was pretty yeah, good. You know, it's better than just the brown construction wall or green yeah. construction wall. I'll give you that much. Um, anyways, so anything else from the putts today? Uh, the price tag for the cars ride, $300 million. Um, Muppet Vision 3D not going anywhere. Too bad. Um, let's see. Preview Center. Uh, it's moved again. I'm just skimming. Looks like it might, by pictures, it's going to go in the Seasons of the Vine Theater. Yeah. That's where they were talking about. I was just reading a memo on that today. The Preview Center for the expansions of DCA? Correct. And it was supposed to be in where? The San Francisco Street. Oh, okay. That's gonna, That San Francisco area, they're going to get rid of the restroom that's currently there. They're going to move the restroom to the other side of the street where they had the coloring station for or whatever. They, whenever they needed that. Layman area. Yeah. Whenever they needed that room, they're going to be putting the restroom there. And according to this memo that I was reading, this would be the largest restroom in the resort. Okay, I guess that's something to talk about. So, a new Whatever. thing called plumbing will pipe the shit right <laughs> out of your house. <laughs> I see. I, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's some big restrooms on property. The Space Mountain restroom is a pretty good sized crapper. Um, shoot, though, the, the um, Frank no, Lloyd Wright not- Memorial restroom is a pretty good sized crapper. I Let's mean, not make a whole show about the restroom. Wouldn't that be? Hey, we should do. We should do, we should do a bullshit <laughs> show all about the restrooms. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see what else you have to say. Uh, I guess there's going to be the year of a million uh, dreams is going to be replaced by magical celebrations. God, do we have to keep celebrating? Can't we just take a, a year off? I'm. I need a. I need a vacation from celebrations. I mean, it's just so Gee. tiring. You know. I, I need a rest. Many of the same offerings for Million Dreams, rebranded their magical celebrations, okay, blah, so blah, blah. doing giveaways and dream. Oh, no, no, no. no oh, here's no, a very no. interesting sentence. Although many of them will only be available for a purchase price of some sort instead of a sweepstakes prize. And when is this supposedly happening? For 2009, I guess. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, they got to get some use out of the uh, the Dream Suite at Disneyland on a, on the giveaway promotion. But dude, what do you think the going rate for a Dream Fast Pass would be? What would you pay for a Dream Fast Pass? I would. I don't know how much does uh, Universal charge for it. I have no idea. They they have well, yeah they call it front of the line pass out here. I don't know if they have that. In, can't remember if they had that when I was in Florida or not. But I think those front of the line passes in in California work on all attractions. No, not. Yeah. They're not piecemealed. So you don't, so you don't think there's a value to the Dream Fast Pass to purchase it? No. Well, they're not going to give them away anymore, so it tells me they're going to sell them. Uh, no. So zero. To me, zero. I mean, if I, you're vacationing in Walt Disney World, I won one. I couldn't even use them all because though I had a Fast Pass, things were slow. They didn't move fast. Um, it didn't really. I thought, oh great, I got one first thing in the morning on my last day. We went to have our, our lunch at uh, the beer gardens, went back down to the other side. We got on two attractions with, our with what is there, six of them on there. That's all we could get in before we had to leave at three. 
Okay, but that's because it's, you got it on a day you were leaving. But what if you got it on a day you weren't leaving? But, you know... You'd have more value out of it, don't you think? Well, maybe. But if you wait to the right time... Uh, if it was spring break again, or if it was the high, high end of the Christmas season or summer, yes. Off-season, I don't find a huge value. Okay. Fast, fast. So now it's busy time. You're going on spring break. What would you? What would be the value of... Uh, zero because I wouldn't go in spring break. <laughs> you just said you see a use a need to buy one at that time. I would, but now I'm telling okay. you I wouldn't go, so I wouldn't buy one. <laughs> okay. I I couldn't picture really. Not I mean, play. the fast passes are are neat and interesting occasionally, but I I couldn't picture paying for one. Yeah, for neither- instance, uh, let's say Maelstrom. I think was a dream fast pass. You wait to the right time, you can walk on Maelstrom. Correct. Uh, it, you know, uh, and part of it is you get in those fast pass lines. You're bypassing some of the the. Granted, you're in a line, but there still are s- certain show elements that are kind of interesting to take a look at at times too. Uh, on you know I don't think the average tourist cares about those show elements anymore. They just don't want to stand in line, which is kind of what my kids are. They could care less that you know a spike is coming through the Indiana Jones ceiling they just want to get on the ride which right, in itself what. is kind of sad i think yeah but i think as they get older that'll change uh, yeah i think you start to turn around going oh i missed this i i didn't appreciate that i so oh, it's I'm you're hoping. just you're just saying it's a generational thing i think so not everybody could be disney geeks from day one like we were you know so <laughs> uh now right. on the other hand there's already that system that's supposed to be coming out uh to use your cell phones and stuff to reserve your Correct. Um, fast pass. So that to me would be far more valuable. Um, and if they charge you for it, what would you be willing to pay for that? Uh, the price of a SMS message. Forty cents. <laughs> Thirty cents. Uh, Ten cents. <laughs> um, no, Disney's gonna Disney's gonna charge you for not. They haven't said they're charging you for that. If you're a resort member. Or a resort guests, they haven't said they're charging you for that. No, no, no. I think once they roll it out, out of test phase, and, and, well, no, you're right. They might be free. Hey, well, I was just on the Disney website uh, checking out MouseFest uh, prices to stay. And one thing I did notice is the, um, what are the what's the bus service again? The um, Magical Express. Uh, maybe we should call it the Tragical Express. Your, your wife didn't seem to have that good of experience with it. But oh, she was fine. This last time she was she was a little bit let down, but the first two times we went, it was okay. And she was let down because they didn't go to her hotel first, right? They seem to. Uh, I guess so. I'm. I mean, she's yeah. not in. She's not within earshot for me to ask exactly why I was bothering right, right. her. But I mean, I can tell you from firsthand experience that staying at two. Um, shoot, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what Delu- Deluxe resorts. <laughs> Deluxe resorts. Uh, you don't necessarily get any uh, better treatment as far as getting to your hotel first. They, you know, they go, they go by regions and they hit the hotels in their 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 region or whatever they want to call them. But I, but anyways, in the past, I noticed on their website that if once you did your configuration, it just said that you had Magical Express. Here's we're giving this to you. So I noticed that I had to click a box or a little bubble to say i wanted it so i thought oh they're starting to charge for this but they didn't you just no. had to tell them you wanted it but want it yeah like back in the drought days they wouldn't bring you water to your table unless you asked for it yeah yeah it's very 
Very much like that. Well, actually, a lot of restaurants are still like that, Mike, but in California, but not I, out of state. I've never had that issue. Water's always thrown at you, but here in California, we're still. Well, if it's thrown at you, that's just you, Greg. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, so, on to the Jim Hill story, since that is supposed to be what this is yeah. about. Um, <laughs> this I, was, is, I, was, I was trying to remember what were we supposed yeah. to be talking about because this is kind of off the wall here, anyways. You know, this... Support- I'm sorry, one more tangent. One more tangent. Fuck. <laughs> okay, get it, get it on before Greg blows a gasket. <laughs> a lot more interest. I've been watching a lot more interest. People are going back up in the castle. I had engineers going up in there yesterday talking about... You would have been interested in all... Because they were going through all the ADA stuff that you keep talking about, Greg, on what they have to re-engineer and do things up there in the castle to be able to bring it up to speed and up to code, and it sounds like they're really pushing to get the castle open again. Okay, I'm sorry. You can go now, Greg. Well, now that you've thrown that at me, I would find it very, very hard to make that accessible. And we don't even use the term ADA anymore. It's just accessibility. Um, I don't see that happening. I, I just don't... I, I, You know what I see happening? is You, you create a room similar to um, that... that submarine ride in Tomorrowland uh, where you go sit in a room to get the experiences that you would have got if you walked through it. It's just the spaces are too tight. There's no way to ramp that. There's just not the room. I, I don't see how that could happen. They, the uh, engineers I was uh, talking to, they seemed pretty confident. They said, yeah, a heck of a lot of work because, yeah, they were even measuring how wide the stairs were and measuring the steps themselves. And you know, You're talking they- to engineers are not very creative types and well <laughs> they're the ones they're going by the numbers there so well, you can't have steps to be accessible a wheelchair can't go up steps so you have to have a ramp then how do you explain the treehouse i don't oh they have a, they have a <laughs> they go um, up the area. back ramp to the play in the back right they where all the interactive the crap top, is but they have they right. have a as you always like to say they only have to have a portion or a part of the experience accessible to them. No, that's not what I said. I said they don't have to give the exact experience. They have to give a reasonable facsimile to the experience. And I'm not, see, and this is, that is a, probably a gray area that you'll never find anywhere in the codes as far as I know. Um, We're trying to apply, or Disney's trying to apply some rationale to... Some well, there are to give them there, some kind of experience. I mean, there I think are things that just aren't going to be you're just not going to be accessible to. Well, exactly, and I I don't think it's asking too much to or and it's unreasonable to tell someone in a wheelchair on crutches on. I've actually seen somebody going through the park on a stretcher that they were rolling around the person who I guess couldn't even sit in a wheelchair. Seen this happen, I was blown away by it, and it wasn't a CFA run. It was a legitimate... Oh, I know who you're talking about. I've seen it, too. And um, I just don't think it's unreasonable to say you can't do it. There is just not a possibility. Space Mountain's not designed for you. It's designed for people who can move their ass in and out of the seat. I mean, it's just... It's not a, a negative thing. It's just the way it is. I mean, we couldn't make every attraction accommodate everybody that lays on a, a gurney or everybody, that, you know, in a wheelchair. That's it. Just, it. And, you know? 
And that's it. And I think that's what we're looking at on the castle. But I don't know. But I'm just throwing it out that it was just interesting. It would be nice to see it open again. And there's really a heavy-duty interest push to try to get it open again. I mean, it wasn't so. great, but any anything that can take a single person off the street for a couple minutes to experience something different helps in the long run on the impact and all the attractions. And yeah. it was cool, too, going into the castle. Yeah, it was kind of cool going through the castle. I um, liked it. So Going back to Jim Hill. Jim Hill. Uh, the, the word out there is there's going to be a fifth gate called Disney's Night Kingdom, which is supposedly in response to Disney or uh, SeaWorld's Discovery, Discovery Cove. Cove. Now, just without really getting into what Disney's experience is... Excuse me. I I think yeah. they're trying to compete in something that maybe they don't have any business competing in. Because what SeaWorld is offering is you know, kind of the up close and personal personal um, get wet and play with the animals. Swim with the fishes. Yeah, basically uh, much more than going to um, not Blizzard Beach, but the other one where you can swim with the sharks. I mean, Typhoon Lagoon. Typhoon Lagoon. Literally get down in there. So Disney's, re- Disney's response is basically to uh, play off the Animal Kingdom to allow you, from what I understand, to go into areas to interact with the animals. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, no. that's, that's looking at it from 50,000 feet. So now let's get down... Mike and you, maybe you've read through this. You can tell us what is the detail that they're actually trying to do. All right. So, yeah, so trying to compete with Discovery Cove, and Discovery Cove, you know, uh, allows only 1,000 visitors per day. Okay, per day or per evening? Is it a night thing? Is it a day thing? How much is it? Correct. Disney's Night Kingdom will be a night thing. The hours will be from 4 to midnight. What's the the Bush Entertainment Corporation's uh, version? Is it day or night? Uh, I'm... Don't know. I think it's day. Okay. I believe it's a day thing that they have and there. It's, it's operational right now. Correct. At three hundred bucks, roughly per person. Special rates for Florida residents. Yeah. That's a special <laughs> rate for Florida residents. No, I'm I'm <laughs> clicking on the details for the special rates for Florida oh, residents. Oh, okay, like the, right. It's a uh, save up to eighty dollars. Enjoy a day long visit to Discovery Cove. Okay. Now, so two hundred nineteen dollars plus tax. Yeah, I guess my question would be with Discovery Cove because I've yet to go to SeaWorld in Florida because uh, I hate to say it, but I have a SeaWorld here, so I haven't really been all that jazzed to run away from Disney, though I have Disney here, uh, to go see SeaWorld there. I've, I've seen it in Jaws 3D. Why do I need to uh, – uh, I think that was SeaWorld in Florida. Yeah, that was SeaWorld in Florida. Um, is it just a part of the park? I mean, are you? is it a whole park or is it just – a thousand people can have access to, to throw themselves in the water and swim with the fishes. I think it's a separate thing because let me read to you what the day experience is. Okay, you do that. Discovery Cove has wonderful all-inclusive admission packages offering an experience like no other. Take part in every attraction Discovery Cove has to offer. So they have two prices, a dolphin package and a non-dolphin package. Ooh, I love how SeaWorld names are packages around, you know, animals okay. and things. Well, I'm, I'm assuming the dolphin package means you swim with the dolphins, and the non-dolphin right. packages you don't. That could, very well, could be, but... The, you know, anyway. And it's a $100 difference. It's, you know, off-season, say, uh, like now through March, 269 swimming with dolphins, 
169 not swimming with dolphins. Well, so it says private cool to swim. Okay. Private cabanas are available for rental at an additional fee. Tucked within the lush landscaping overlooking the Dolphin Lagoon. Complete with table chairs, chaise lounges, rolled towels. Uh, oh, they have a tropical storm policy. That's nice. Let's just go look at the FAQ. Operating hours. 9 to 5 daily. Check-in begins at 8. Directions. How much is parking? $9. Uh, why is admission rate the same for adults and children? What age requirements swim with dolphins? So I don't see anything here that tells you exactly what's going on here at Discovery Cove. Well, I'm actually on there. Oh, here's a map. Right. Yeah, so am I. Oh, resource cannot be found. Nice. Oh, there's a... Uh, well, you know, I got to give them kudos for the, uh, the hot chick that's... They have in a wetsuit that's jumping in the water right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yellow. Is it yellow? Is her wetsuit yellow? Yellow with, yeah, with the red bikini Black bottom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's oh. swimming with the dolphin, so. Okay, immerse yourself in adventure everywhere you turn. Forget about your cares for a day. All you need is focus on discovery. Interact with dolphins, birds, fish, rays, an all-inclusive setting. Attendance limited to 1,000 guests per day at this reservation-only adventure, setting it apart from other Orlando attractions. That's all it's going to tell you. Begin purchase. Uh, Wetsuits are... Uh, it says, uh, while in the water, we do not require guests to wear either a wetsuit, short or long, or a swim vest. Huh. All right, so... Be, go ahead. Uh, nothing. I'm just... Um, okay. I'm wondering if you can get nickel and dime if they require you to wear a, a wetsuit. Are they providing it... Um, I don't know. So, you know this this sounds interesting. I, I don't think we have that out here, do we? We don't have any uh, special thing like this, I don't believe. Well, SeaWorld in San Diego will have a swim with the dolphins thing. Yeah, but they don't have, if this is actually a dedicated park, um, we don't have no. a dedicated no. park to that. No. But uh, they have, it looks like they have six things you can do, a dolphin swim, coral reef, tropical river swim, or ray lagoon where you swim with stingrays. Uh, aviary and a resort pool. So you know, possibly we should examine that park first. Would you spend that kind of money to get uh, close to to sea life? No. Three hundred bucks? No. I, I don't know. That could be kind of fun if you had that much disposable cash. That's where it really comes down to. Do you have the type of cash for this? Yeah. Is it? Well, that's um, that's. Well, that's the, the there's the thing they're trying to they're trying to attract the affluent people that don't want to rub elbows with the unwashed masses. Uh, no, yeah. I, I don't know if see that's what this has all been compared to, and that's what it's going to come down to. And we have a few people on the forums that I've gone around and around a little bit with the uh, you know people who can afford to do things and people who can't, and how unfair it is, and you know iron mine and why shouldn't I share it with everybody else you know all those kind of attitudes but is it really that or is it just they know that there's enough people who are interested with this kind of interaction that you just can't get anywhere else on this scale you can go swim with the dolphins at at certain places but no dedicated park to this level of interaction so I did find Google Earth find Discovery Cove. It is small. 
It is a, a thousand really, people. Yeah, I mean it's a very small place. There's, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, five and a half bodies of water. If, if it's all encompassed in this one little area I'm looking at, it is very, very small. Um, yeah, and a thousand people is nothing. So I don't know if you're really paying with not nece- needing, because you don't want to be next to Irma and Earl or you know, uh, well, the toothless uh, southern guy. Uh, or the gangbanger West Coast guy, or you just want to be able to interact with with the wildlife. Here's and- a, here's also another thought too, is and I think Aussie John is one that we d- have to double check with this, but I think in Australia they have tours where they actually have wild dolphins that do swim up along beaches, and they've actually made a pretty good tourist industry, having uh, tourists come out there and just being with the wild dolphins and swimming with the wild dolphins out there in the, in the water. And I think that's kind of what SeaWorld was trying to link into is have that type of ability here on the other side of the world. I really thought you were going to go to the Aborigines and say and seeing them in the wild, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go there. Seriously, You're I don't see five and right on, now, okay, I see the five and a half bodies of water. Yeah, you see what I count? I counted that half because it's probably a fountain, but it's you know, it's, you know, there's probably five large bodies, and there's there's some breakups of some smaller areas, but um, this has street view. You know, if um, if I had the three, this is kind of something that I would probably not do with the family, to be quite honest. I might have one family member that would be really interested in doing this. So maybe me and this family member splurge on ourselves on a trip, but I don't see taking the whole family. Uh, to something like this. No. Though I'm sure there are families who would. Uh, for myself, I, I don't see it. Now, <coughs> the Animal Kingdom is fast becoming my wife's favorite park, in large in part I'm because like of too. the animals. Uh, I, I would like to see some more attractions, but um, I can only stare at animals for so long before I you know, get... I think it's a theming that's doing it for me there. Yeah, it's that, but she just loves the interaction with the the animals and going to. She just thought the bats were the coolest things. Looking at the tigers going out and seeing the animals wander around in the the unlike uh, zoo zoo. Um, you know. But so, see, we've had that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We we've had that discussion before. Is you talk about having more attractions out there? You really need to compare Animal Kingdom more to your unconventional zoo more than to your theme park. The theming's great, yes, but it's more of a zoo than a than a amusement ride. Yeah, and the only place I can really compare it to that I've ever been to is the uh, Wild Animal Park in San Diego. Uh, but that, the last time I was there, I don't remember them having really any attractions per se. They've got a lot of shows. You know, everybody's got the show with the parrots and the cockatiel and you know that thing that's just an old worn out show that everybody's done um you know bring out the trained monkey okay everybody's done that show uh but now while that animal park now has a special thing where you can go sleep out there the girl scouts for example they'll sleep in uh, part of the wild animal park um, yeah my daughter did that over at sea world with her girl scout troops sleeping with the polar bears yeah Oh, uh, well, that could be scary. The Dharma Initiative polar bears are, you know, <laughs> really scary. And, uh, 
But, you know, you, I mean, there's some special experiences where you, similar to Disney World's, where you can get in a, a Jeep that takes you, you know, down and dirty right up to the animals to feed giraffes, things like that. So that's the only place I know of that I could really compare the Animal Kingdom to, but the Animal Kingdom Plus is it that it's got a full-scale, you know, a theme park type attraction. So, I, so go on now, Mike, and move over. You've read the stuff about what you believe or what Jim Hill believes the, um, All right, the so park the, is going the, to be. The Disney Night Kingdom, uh, like Discovery Cove, um, 2,000 uh, guests per day in the nighttime, 4 to midnight, but 4,000 cast members. So a 2 to 1 cast member to guest ratio. Okay, and is a lot of personalized attention. But it's in connection with Disney's Animal Kingdom, correct? No, it doesn't say that. It kind of implies it, but it never actually comes out and says it says guests will enter Disney's Night Kingdom through a new supersized version of the Adventurers Club. Um, after you finish checking in, there's a whole new world to explore. An example gave have you ever dreamed of acting like Indiana Jones and riding a zip line over a pool of hungry crocodiles? Or feeding a hippopotamus. Oh, see, now, and there's now a picture there of a is, dude sticking his head in a hippo's mouth with yeah, bananas. I saw that. Isn't that now, uh, you know, on the edge of animal cruelty? Because if, let's say they tie you up so you can't fall, right? And they let you zip over the crocodiles just for the thrill factor. Aren't you teasing those poor animals that they can't actually get you? <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, it seems to be a. You're assuming they have the intelligence to be teased. Um, well, <laughs> they're probably not even real crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, after yeah. listening to Bill Handel this morning on a segment he did about the the emerging pet pharmaceuticals and doggy Prozac and animals who are suffering from depression and self-inflict harm and are suicidal, I think this country's stooping to an all new low and. The way we pamper our pets, I pamper know, disgusting. the pets, yes. But be, be, beyond that fact, though, your average dog and cat are beyond Einstein compared to your average croc. <laughs> well, that, you know, again, we make a lot of assumptions based on behavior and what we think, but they'll still rip you a new one with no problem without even blinking an eye and over it, you know. That's why you won't find me on any zip line going across <laughs> no matter how well you tie me up on there. Yeah. All right. With um, all so my yeah. luck, I get Shaq, Shaq the alligator who can really leap <laughs> can out of jump, there. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, Shaq doesn't have to jump because he's so tall, so we we got to compare to somebody who can actually jump. Um, but anyways, there, looking at the Animal Kingdom area on Google Map, there is a fairly large area behind on the north end of the Disney's Animal Kingdom that is somewhat cleared already. It almost looks like it might have been a tree farm in some way because there's a lot of rows of uh, vegetation and trees. But I could see how, you know, if you're going to have something that's going to house animals and animals similar to or the same animals that might actually be out wandering the uh, savannas and they keep all these animals in a very controlled environment, you'd want to keep them close to where you're already controlling those animals, wouldn't you think? Yeah. And, and if you keep, keep reading, there's a, everything seems to be animal centric. You know, you're going to run across animals with night vision goggles, or you're going to go into bat caves with bats. Um, so yeah, it seems to be, and there's two hotels, uh, potentially attached to this property. If, um, uh, if the crowd 
once if it's warranted. I, I from I would think you'd want to finish uh, the other side of Pop Century. You know, if you think you can build two no, new hotels here, uh, finish that one instead of having it sit there rotten. And, now, Jim so says that you know, depending on what your what your clientele, if you don't necessarily need the value value hotel, but you have clientele that want more of the more expensive hotels like the the Animal Kingdom Lodge and the yeah, others. Yeah, I can see oh, how exactly. he, they another... expect... Go ahead. They, I'm saying they, they're ex- going to expect the deluxe resorts to be feeding this Disney's Night Kingdom. Well, 300 oh, bucks there. a pop, I can see why, yeah. Now, in the Jim Hill article, there's an interesting thing that says that Discovery Cove charges you know, 269 to 289 for a one-day adventure, which also includes a week's worth of free admission to SeaWorld or Busch Gardens. Wow. Whoa! Now I guarantee you, your three hundred bucks where's is not going to get you shit. Where's Bush Gardens in uh, Florida? I know SeaWorld. Tampa Bay. Bush Gardens, Tampa. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I, and I've been there. I forgot all about it. I guess that was a memorable Dark experience. continent. Yes. Well, I call it Bush Gardens, Africa. Well, at least he does. Yes. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't think it's called Dark Continent anymore. Oh, it's not. No. Okay, so I dated but, myself. You know. That's okay. That, but that's now that changes the picture. Would you pay three hundred bucks for for a week's worth of ad- admission to? In addition to having the yeah the Discovery Cove. Mm. Well, yes. If if that was included, that would change the whole outlook. But then again, why why would I buy an annual pass? Then I mean, you could three hundred bucks um, go in there and get a week's worth of. Well, that's kind of part of it too. Is why would you, you're only going to you're here in California, or you're only going to spend a week there? But for that week, they have you in their bubble because you're not going to want to necessarily go as much out as if you had the annual pass or something. The annual pass is to keep the people that are the locals coming into it continuously well, coming in. I mean, it's kind of kind of to hit both sides as as hard as you can. I I I know what you mean, but I don't think we can equate what an annual pass holder is here to the one in Florida. Because let's say a guy in Nebraska who gets a cheap flight uh, can go four times a year and he's got an annual pass. He's not a local. And that happens a lot on the eastern seaboard because of the cost of travel down to uh, the Florida area versus our cross-country trek. Uh, but I, but I think you have a point, though. I, I if, it, if the 300 bucks included a week's worth of unlimited admission to all the parks... With park hoppers, it's cheaper than buying almost cheaper than buying a week worth of park hoppers now. I just somehow don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't see Disney giving it the away no, no, arm no. in that manner. Well, no hell well, no. Just, they'll, they'll they'll milk you. What 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 I find interesting is that they're they're going to chase after the affluent people, and. Is that really going to help their bottom line that much? Well, I don't... Is it really meant to? Or is there, are they providing an experience that's unique that gets them, you know, almost some bragging rights versus the uh, bottom line? Though it, it seems like Disney doesn't do anything these days that doesn't positively affect the bottom line. But I don't... I don't know. I don't know that this is necessarily an. Affl- I think we need to take the argument of affluent out. I don't. Yes, it's expensive, but I don't think you're just going to find the 
you know, the, the snobs of the, the West Side, or I think you're going to find some average Joe oh. saying, wow, that's a one-time-in-a-life experience. I'll pay the 300 bucks and go. Are they going to be repeaters? Probably not. Sure. But, but I, you know, it's not so outrageous that it couldn't be swung. I mean, people will I, spend how much to go play around the golf? Well, that's true, too. And I'm going to throw it in that you, we, you were asking the question, going back to SeaWorld, even before <laughs> we had the question of having the seven days available to us. My family, for the experience, to be able to say do that once with the dolphins and be able to do that, if I had the cash available, heck yeah, I'd probably do that because I think everybody in the family would enjoy it. So if you got a big tax return uh, and you were going to Florida anyways, you would say, yeah, why not? Why not? And I can really picture, you know, it's not the not the snob factor, but just the experience factor of, you know, we're not getting out. This is a big vape, especially for, okay, we're here on California. It's it's a good-sized vacation to be able to go over to Florida, just as, you know, for them coming over to this direction. That, for that added experience, for as much as you're already spending to get over there and stay over there, that's not that much extra money to have that much of an experience you know, okay let's compare like right now richard and i would have the same size family because my older daughter is working she wouldn't necessarily be tagging along so we're talking a family of four right okay okay we could go stay and ironically that would be mike's family too yeah that is true okay so this is this is a a good comparison i've been staying at the deluxe the last few times because we got kind of used to that price range where we went with the five of us plus one friend we had to get two rooms at, like, Pop. So what two rooms cost me at Pop equaled one room at the Deluxe when I went with two less people. So we just looked at that as kind of a wash because we would already were used to paying that price. <coughs> and now we got to experience some nicer accommodations. Now let's back it down. I think on the website, 1700 bucks, maybe 1500 bucks for a week in Florida. That's everything. Your tickets, your, your your hotel, except for food, unless you can time it right for free dining. To add another um, twelve hundred dollars. Now is that seventeen hundred bucks for the whole family? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's four people at a value resort, and during the value season. Um, Does that include six, your airfare? No. That's just land. Your airfare into it. Forget the no, airfare now because we're but, talking, but we're just we're just we're just talking land portion at this we're, point. We're assuming that if you can pay the fifteen hundred dollars, that you're going to get there either by airfare or driving or something. Forget the airfare. It's it's about what you're paying to stay at the park. Okay. Okay. Let's take the argument that way and forget the airfare. Uh, so. Well, I'm going to add it, and I'll tell you why as soon as you finish with Jesus it. Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> Go, go with the fucking parameters I give you and just work with it, okay? But if you want to add it in later, go ahead. But uh, we're talking about what it costs to stay at Disney. And if you could add something Keep going. To just keep going. Quit arguing. So just keep going. We're thinking it's going to be $300 a person, right? 250 okay. to 300 okay, Yeah. So call it 300 300 Yeah, sure. $1,200, right? Yeah. Okay, so now we're up to, what, $2,900? Like I said, Almost doubles your trip. Well, yeah, it, it is. No, it doesn't. It basically does. Yeah. So let's say you're at three thousand dollars for a trip to Florida for a week, and on top of that, you get this experience that I take it as a one day only experience. Um, even at Sea you do that one day, and you get unlimited 
to the other parks for weeks for a week. seven day ticket to SeaWorld, yeah. But the one day it's just a one day at Discovery. Correct. Whatever. Okay. Um, and you know, and not uh, Bush is not, uh, and we we're saying the company Bush. It's just not uncommon right now. If you go down to SeaWorld, I think and buy a one day ticket between this time and that time, you get an annual pass for the rest of the year. I think it's the promotion they're running now, some, something like that. And this comes up now and then. Uh, SeaWorld does a lot of promotions like that out here. I don't know if they're also running in Florida. Um, so for me, let's say, where I've been used to spending that for a family of four for the last couple of years, if I thought the whole family would want to do that, that could easily fit in to the budget because we'll stay at a, a pop, which we're happy with, and now we can – add this unique experience that we couldn't have done in the past. So I, I, I would do it based on that premise. Um, now, if I was staying at a deluxe and adding it another 1200 yeah, uh, probably not. Probably, you know. But see, at that point, you've, you've paid for the deluxe because you want the, you, you want the experience of the deluxe. Correct. We're all talking about experience, right? So my money at that point is going towards my my accommodations as opposed to my interaction with animals. Right. And I'm really there for the theme parks, not so much to, you know, pet Bambi or possibly go hunting Bambi. If maybe that's the next sixth gate. Now, how much were your airline tickets going out that direction? The last time you had to buy them, you know what? You figure that out yourself because I'm not going to enter, uh, even entertain your airfare scenario because that's not what we're talking about here. But okay, allow me to allow me to expand on that. Go ahead. You're talking you're talking about seventeen hundred dollars, and you're going to increase it by roughly sixty percent more, adding this three hundred dollars a person to go into the park. Yeah. So but when you when you put the airfare in, and I'm just going to throw in a figure of three hundred dollars a ticket. Okay. So now, so now you got twelve hundred dollars. You got twelve hundred dollars worth of airline tickets. That's making your entire trip right now, with just going to your normal seventeen hundred dollars plus your twelve hundred dollars. You're at three thousand dollars. Twelve hundred dollars doesn't sound. Now your total expense on that at three thousand dollar mark, you're only going thirty percent more. So it's almost like cutting it in half when you think. I'm just going in the mind frame of how a lot of people would look at it. You're spending three thousand dollars on it. What's another thousand dollars to just be able to have this experience? But you know, you're you're going to the high side where people on the East Coast might spend seventy five dollars or a hundred dollars for their flight. Yeah, that could be. John Main Street, Lou. He gets all. They're practically begging him to fly from <laughs> Nebraska to Florida, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that's why I'm not including yeah, – I'm assuming that you're getting to the park in whatever means in your trailer, hitchhiking, on the train, whatever. It, that part is – Yeah, I only hitchhike out there once. Is on the back burner as far as I'm concerned because I'm assuming that you can already afford that part of the, the, uh, the vacation. See, now, I'm not. I'm not questioning whether you can afford it or not. I'm just questioning in the mind frame, is that money that much more extra compared sure, to that the much entire cost? Good, good syntax there. Thank you. Compared to the entire cost of your vacation, it's fifty percent more. If my trip is with land and airfare is three thousand dollars, 
and I'm going to spend another $1,500 because I'm rounding up to make it even to go to Disney's Night Kingdom. That's 50% increase. Okay. That's a lot of friggin' money. That is a fair amount of money, yeah. Okay. So, that's you know, they might not, I don't know, I still think they're targeting people with extra cash. Well, yeah, but that extra cash could be a young couple, 20-something couple who has no kids and either no mortgage or a small mortgage who has some spending money. Not necessarily a lot of money, but they could eke out the extra 600 bucks. What, <laughs> where it starts to become harder, I believe, is when families, because as you know, <coughs> it gets more and more expensive with every uh, you know, sure. bambino every you squeeze feet, out. Yeah. Um, and, for instance, right now with your the age of your kids, is there an age restriction on uh, any of these uh, parks that you've seen so far, SeaWorld? Discovery Cove had – I didn't read into it, but I'm sure there's uh, age restrictions. Yeah, so now what, what do you do I didn't, with I didn't read uh, it. What do you do with the twins if you went out there when they're three? Well, I wouldn't, right? <laughs> well, let's say because there are a lot of selfish parents who are going to want to do it. They're going to find a babysitter to throw their kids at. Um, to swim with the dolphins at Discovery Cove is six years old. Okay, so six – yeah, it's, that's probably a decent age. This, uh, this policy was established to ensure the cognitive and physical stature of the child. <laughs> wow. In other words, they're not going to go stick their fingers uh, and poke the but, dolphin yeah. in the eye. Yeah. Guests of all ages are welcome at D- Discovery Cove, but just dolphins has an age an okay, age. So, so they can go play in the, the tide pools and all that, but if you're going to swim with right. the dolphins, you need to be at Gotta least. Got be six. So yeah. now, I, I, and I look at that picture of that hippo, and I don't care if there's two to one ratio to employees or not if they let you get that god bless it close to a hippo who could crush you without even yeah. thinking about it and because he got an itch or a sting on his ass and his mouth closed <laughs> that's right you, your know, you know if your little toddler is peeking around there and has no idea how to react you know i just see Jun- junior just disappeared yeah exactly i, I, I you know he's like hmm, altoid uh i just don't see <laughs> how Amazingly strong. We we know there's a lot of stupid people in the world, and you it, you can't guard against every stupidity. But um, I don't know. I, I see it more as not as affluent. I, I just hate that word because you're starting to make it a class thing, and I don't know if it's about class as so much as providing a park with a little less. Um, okay, but by definition, impact. that it's going to be, you know, three hundred bucks buys you. Seven days of park hopper at all the other four other places. What's one hundred dollars buy you in California? One day. One day. One park day hopper. of park hopper. Yes. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not, uh, but I'm but got to keep in the context of Florida, okay? <coughs> yes. In the context of Florida, you know, for the price of a week of bouncing around the four theme parks, you can go to this one place for eight hours. I, I understand the perspective you're putting in it. I just. I just hate the way the terms are thrown around so loosely when I think you're going to find more than affluent people. When I think of affluent, I think of Manhattan's west side. I think of, you know... Um, Kenny Bunkport. Yeah, Kenny Bunkport. I well, think of you the, know. The, the, com- the compound that the Kennedys trip around drunk in. I don't think <laughs> of... Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, but I'm sure there are some, if I was to throw out how much I make, which I never will on this show... No. Um, half the people would be, oh my God, he's he's wealthy, but by no means am I wealthy. It's just what it takes to live in this area. Sure. So th- those people be, oh yeah, he can afford it. He can throw money around like that. I can't. 
But if I saved, it's not an unreasonable amount of money to Correct. save for education. So I, I think the throwing that affluent thing around is just a you know th throwing more class envy around when they're this isn't a class no, I, envy thing. No, but you you know let's let's look at facts. You know if I'm gonna save up for a year to go to Disney World every year it costs six thousand bucks. That's airfare. $3,000 for the land package and spending money. I am not going to be able to go to Disney Kingdom, even if I wanted to, unless I waited an extra six months to save up for the extra $1,200 for all of us to go to that. So it's going to be dependent on how much it's really, if it's really worth it to you to do that. Is that experience something I, you have to have? I would have to wait. I'd have to wait. You know, I'd see exactly how it comes out before I would even make some, some choice. Have you read any of the comments that people have about this article? No. There's I've one guy. I, I don't think, but I've maybe been to Dunghill Media once. All right. Well, this is my first trip here, too, but I just clicked on the comments. Be careful and there's one guy. Anything. This one guy says, like, he's, you know, the, the article says, you know, some of the experiences have ever dreamed of riding a zipline over a pool of, full of hungry crocodiles. This guy's like, his answer is no. Have you ever thought of feeding a hippopotamus? No, but if you really want to, I could probably set it up for you free at your local zoo. Observe up close lions and hyenas. Nocturnal hunting routines. No, I can watch Animal Planet Channel from my recliner. Explore a cave full of bats. Really? This is just to see if I was reading, right? So obviously this guy has something for bats. Um, rock climbing. Very exotic and difficult to find anywhere else, but I'll pass. You know, frolic with penguins. Rock, rock climbing? Well, the the article listed a bunch of things you can do, right? You can rock uh, climb in some of your local malls. I mean, it's that's right. Yeah, rock yeah. climbing. Does that sound like too much work? Then why don't you head over to South America themed enclosure? We can frolic with some penguins. And this guy's response was, "Frolic with penguins? Penguins can smell very fishy and not in a pleasant way." <laughs> <laughs> Plus, again, like Sea World in our area has a whole big oh, penguin man. exhibit. You know, that's got that moving sidewalks and everything. That bad is. Um, well, they're basically, you know. Waterfowl. I mean, they're they're walking in their own crap half the time. It's just falling out left and right. What do you Everybody, expect it to smell like? Anybody? But this guy had he had he had a doll. That's what they do in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they crap and all that. He had a very interesting statement though. It says in the version that was tossed around a few decades ago about the high ticket park, included a lot more whimsy, virtual reality rides, program your own AA, ride vehicles you have control over. It focused on what the Disney theme parks are known for and excelled at. Not miscellaneous things that are available elsewhere. And then he talked about last time I checked, Disney companies having trouble staffing and maintaining a Florida property now. Another four thousand cast members might be problematic. Well, you know what? I think you'll attract the zoological types. You know, the the types who want that kind of interaction. I don't know if your average theme park guest is going to be that thrilled to pay extra money for that, anyways. I, I guess you'd have to look at. Um, you know, it doesn't cost you anything while you're at, at uh, the one water park to go swim with the dolphin or the go the shark thing, right? Well, that, that yeah. yeah. It's a freebie. And do they get a lot of people? They probably get a fair amount of people through there simply because it's a freebie. But if you had to start paying for that extra experience within that theme park, I would guess that that would go down. But but that also but that brings up the point of what you were just saying there too is, you know when you think of Sea World, you do think of dolphins, you do think of the aquatic life, and that that just fits right in. But when you think of Walt Disney World, 
Animal Kingdom, we've talked before, isn't on the top of the hip parade of what you think of Walt Disney World about. You're thinking more of the Magic Kingdom. You're thinking of Epcot Center. You're thinking of that type of stuff, not going over to Animal Kingdom so much. Well, I actually think that's changed, though, and that would have been my response. If we were doing the show prior to them opening Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I know we all talked about it, I was very skeptical because I didn't think this was really um, Disney's forte. Uh, They already had received a lot of criticism about the way some of their animals were treated on Treasure Island. So, but they've done a, a really a pretty decent job. I mean, the, the park has room to grow, but it's, it's pretty decent. They really threw everything at it with theming. Uh, you can always do more, of course, and they left some areas out uh, that were originally in the plan, but overall, I think they did a pretty damn good job. I mean, it's, it's a fun park. But now, you know, like you say, you got to, how many people really want to go throw some bananas in a, and hippopotamus. Hippos, uh, okay, now, now, we think this is Disney's response to Discovery Cove, right? We all agree that that's the case? No, I don't. I, I don't know. You don't that think necessarily, so? I don't know that it necessarily is because, like you say, this this high high ticket park has been tossed around for a while. Is it now because it's an animal related one a direct response because they've watched SeaWorld be successful with it? So they thought, hmm, let's, let's forget about giving a guest their own ride vehicle where they can screw themselves or screw us. You know, let's forget all this stuff. They can really, you know, the VR stuff the and the VR, program big deal uh, and program your own AA. I mean, that sounds like it's a lot of high maintenance, uh, in a mechanical, <laughs> you know, an animal's high maintenance too, but in a different way, uh, it, it might, be, <clears throat> it might be a response. I don't necessarily think that it, everybody's always looking for the, you know, for every action, there's an equal reaction. I don't necessarily think that every time Disney does something, if they didn't do it first, that it's a it's a necessarily a reaction to something else. Because uh, then you'd have to say that for every product that comes out similar to no. another one. It, sometimes it's like, it's market research, it's timing, it's let's get on the bandwagon and milk it while it's good. I mean, there's always that, sure, but I don't know if it's a direct response. I can't say it is or it isn't. I'm just leaning towards... I don't know if I buy that so much. All right. Well, why do you, you know, think it is? Uh, it's kind of suspicious. You know, you have you have to ask yourself: Are you sure it isn't? Because it's high end, it's limited hours, it's immersing with animals. You know, when I say immersion, I mean okay, you, a you, close you, okay. experience. You say limited hours, and I'm going to argue that it's no more limited than some of the other half-day parks. The Animal Kingdom right now, I would call yeah, that limited a limited-hour park. That's sure. an eight-hour park. You T- tend to- Ten to five. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would, I would yeah. call DCA a limited-hour park. Correct. Uh, when you, you know, uh, Epcot. Certainly that's not their intention. Was that? That's what? certainly not their intention. Uh, no, but it's become the reality. True. So what makes but, you it, know that park? Because just, they open it, they open at four in the afternoon. That's I, just, I mean, that, the hours place. are the same. You know, correct. But I'm just you know operating at a different time. These the fact, are, you know people are leaving the parks. Maybe this is where you take your evening to. You know. Oh, well, Animal Kingdom closes at the Plus, same time this thing opens. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, why right. not just why not just make you know a hard ticketed Animal Kingdom event instead? Yeah, why well, are you going a safari and the safari doesn't go through the same old dumb spiel, but it actually gets sure. down and dirty with the animals? You know, correct. Go, go off, go off the beaten path. That uh, could, that could be the downsized project when yeah, they realize yeah. how much it costs to build the extra park. Oh, yeah, realize, they'll just oh, yeah, make it a hard ticketed event. You know, this yeah. is going to sound really strange, but you know how you can see things in clouds sometimes? I, I'm looking at the animal kingdom. Are you guys on Google Earth? Or are you? Uh, I can Google Maps. Uh, I guess it's probably the same map, but I swear it looks like there's a cartoon face by the shape of it, almost with a headband, too. Of the, it's just all of a sudden this popped out to me. I don't Maybe I have We're too at- much to drink tonight. Are you on it? I'm looking at Animal Kingdom on Google Maps, yes. Okay, I, I've kind of backed away. I'm I'm at, you know, 8,000 feet looking at this. And to the left, you'll see two bodies of water back in the safari area. Okay? You see that? Okay. You're trying to organize yes. yourself. And you see the waterway that cuts through the top part, right? Yes. Okay. So that kind of looks like a headband around the cranium. And oh, yeah, I see the head. <laughs> to the left, there's a nose, and then it looks like a yeah. mouth. And the, the, yeah, yeah. He's got a beard on almost, like growth. Uh, and uh, It's just like all of a sudden that just popped out. I'm like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and this little gray area is his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> little build, these little buildings here, yeah. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> You're being weird. And you'd have to you look at it. I mean, I, that's... It just, I'm looking at it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I you know, uh, Okay. We, we've talked about the idea of having a little bit more personalized service, the quote-unquote, the, now you got me coughing here, <coughs> the uh, affluent, just... sorry, the affluent park uh, concept, and everything, the more private, more, what do you want to call, um, service-oriented park. What about the concept of, okay, at Disneyland, you have a private club that's there, and you have Club 33, which you have people that come in. They're members of the club. They can go in. They can go into Disneyland. It was all part of it to be able to get away from it all, to be a little bit separate from just being ordinary into the park. What if you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to kind of sell that experience, but on a day-by-day level rather than have an entire annual membership going into it, just for one day you can kind of be that way. Do you think that has values out you're asking? Yeah, I mean, do you think do you think that is a uh, a would that be a legitimate concept of trying to sell something to somebody? I don't know, do you think you'd be willing to buy something like that? I mean, it all depends on the price. Well, it all depends on the price, and you know Disney's going to be definitely watching what the price is going to be on whether it's worth it for them to get into it. I'm, I but, mean, the last year, last year Club Thirty Three lunch cost me ninety bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to do it again, but that's probably about the maximum I'm willing to pay for that experience. But you did pay for the experience, and you got to say it was a fun experience, right? Yeah, but n- more from the folks that I was with. And all their first timerness that was being in there, rather than the actual event. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I understand what I'm saying. But I'm just looking, saying, 
you were willing to pay for that for doing it at least once, would you would you say that others might be willing to do that similarly to be able to do it at least once there? Maybe do it again in a couple, you know, not necessarily the next trip, but maybe a couple trips down the line, do it again. But you're kind of keeping it into a little bit of an exclusivity. Uh, yeah, sure, I think so. But what if my, I mean, if my experience was crap, the food was bad, or everyone was jerks, then probably not. You know, it's more than just the costs and the mystique of going. But you do realize part of your experience and the cost was based on the large group, the limited menu for the, or I, it wasn't that limited, but it's, it's, I mean, I've eaten up there and not paid 90 bucks each for the experience. Yeah, well, we know why we got screwed. Yeah, and that will <laughs> not happen again. No. Uh, uh, well, but see, I don't, I see, I don't think the analogy works. Sorry, Richard, it's that you're not buying exclusivity. You're just, it's a one day, it's a, it's a, They've set a price of what they believe the value is, and they'll find out whether or not the public responds to it. The club is wholly different. It's it's a private club, not unlike a private golf course or something. It's got member benefits that come with paying the price. This has nothing to do with it. This is a commodity where they've set a price, and the market will either bear it or not bear it, and that's how it will be successful or not. It has nothing to do with uh, club-type atmosphere in my opinion i'm just saying would you be willing to pay for some that you're saying is commodity they're all commodities in one one realm or another everything's a commodity on that the commodity of having it being a little bit more personalized having your two to one ratio of cast members to guests to be able to sure i want that that many cast members watching me i think it's more It's more for yeah, the safety right. of the uh, the guests with all the animal, or maybe it's more for the animal safety. Um, Most probable, but I'm saying they're also saying that they're limiting it to how many they're going to allow in, which is a rather small number, especially when you consider, you know, I don't know how much how much space they're planning to give out to it, but what you see most part. Most of the parks being, that's a rather small number they're going to have okay. in there. If you were to go look at, and I don't think you did, but looked at the, this this Discovery uh, Park over at uh, Bush Gardens or, or SeaWorld, you'd understand why only a thousand people can be in there. Well, and they're, and granted, they're, they're actually being smart. I'm, you know how, Greg? Yeah, I'm throwing out. You kept bringing up the thing about the. Uh, now, how did you phrase it? I, I just want to call it the snob factor, but how did you <laughs> phrase it? Um, Everybody's the talking affluent, about the affluent. The affluent factor into it. And I'm just throwing in another angle on that affluent area. If you could afford it and you wanted to do it, wouldn't that be a commodity that you would likely like to have? If you were affluent, that affluent, it wouldn't really matter what the price was. You could do it or would do it just because you can. Hey, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I know I don't buy, and it's uh, no offense or no slight, I just don't buy the analogy. I don't, for me, it doesn't work. I, I think it's literally something that they find that there's a value on. Just like people keep complaining about how high the prices have got at Disney for just admission to the park. 
obviously the market can bear it and people keep paying it and it keeps showing up to the point even at times that the parks don't let any more people in they're full now we would all like to see that number come down before they you know and, and be full at a lesser number but that's just not i guess good business at this point as far as disney's concerned um so i don't necessarily look at it as affluent i mean I'm sure the guy standing collecting money on the side of the freeway when I came home tonight would consider <laughs> Disneyland an affluent uh, club type membership because he can't afford a hundred dollars to go to the uh, to Disneyland. So Disneyland's affluent to him. I think it all it, it all depends on what your income level is. There's a there's a national radio individual who's made the analogy that anybody that makes a dollar more than you is rich. Uh, people just tend to envy what other people have and if someone has a dollar more in their perspective they are in a better I'm, situation in life and and it's just i'm just you know. throwing in the the concept of would you be willing to pay a little extra to have that little exclusiveness to the experience well how's that changed the whole premise of how this started that's what that's what it is it's costing you extra to have this exclusive thing. I don't think it's an affluent thing. It's just an exclusive value-oriented Okay, thing. fair fair enough. I was just throwing, you know, just trying to throw in from a different angle on there, so. And yes, right, but, I am you looking know, at the area. Ab- ab- you know, absent the profiling of the affluent, <laughs> but why don't you tell me who, who's going to end up going to this place once it gets rolling? Well, again, I think you, 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 you don't know in, in your definition of affluent is going to depend if you whether or not you make twenty grand right. a year, or you make a hundred grand a year. You know, I'll tell you what my definition of affluent is. Okay, okay? my definition of affluent is someone who could spend three hundred bucks the same way I spend five bucks. Okay? okay, I don't think nothing about spending five bucks. Right, that's someone who's affluent to me. Someone with three hundred, five hundred, eh, don't same. It's nothing. Okay, if I walk down to the to the Apple store tomorrow and buy an iPhone, are you could consider me affluent because you wouldn't throw. Four hundred dollars down on a phone. No, no. That I said they spend. One. They could no. They could spend three hundred bucks the way I spend five bucks. Can you spend? How many iPhones could you buy before it pinches you? Before it would hurt you? Two, um, three. I mean, I'm not talking skipping paying bills so you can do it just to prove a point. I'm talking about <laughs> not that no, I would I, do something like that. I know, but you know, okay, I've got you know, I got spare three hundred bucks. I've always wanted an iPhone. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna buy it. Okay. Okay. I will put it this way: if I wanted to get everybody in the family an iPhone tomorrow, I could do it. Okay, but it's gonna sting. No, no, it's not gonna sting at all. You could do it every day. Not every day. You're talking about hey. a, we're talking about a one day thing here. This is okay, not, but I don't you spend, think they're looking at people you spend five bucks, every day. You spend five bucks on lunch every day. <laughs> at least. Okay. At least, right? It must be cheaper in the uh, the IE than it is in No, but you're not you're not playing along. The point is, is that you can <laughs> you, you spend that whatever your lunch money is. You don't even think it twice about it, you just spend it. Correct. Okay. That's the same someone who could do that with three hundred or four hundred bucks, that's affluent to me. But that's not necessarily And they could do that and they do that every day. I could spend three hundred bucks for lunch every day and I don't feel it. Just like you spend ten bucks for lunch every day and you don't feel it. Okay, but a three hundred dollar lunch versus a three hundred dollar eight hour experience is two different things. 
Yes, they are. But the but the means to have the money to do it, okay? And it'll probably, and I put to you that it'll probably mean less to the person who can spend three hundred bucks, like you and I spend five bucks, because you know, I got it. Don't matter. <coughs> I see that I don't necessarily buy. I think it depends if why you're there. If you're doing it just because you have it, versus you have it and also you have a deep um, connection to what this experience is supposed to be, and, and, and you know, preserving uh, nature and all that, which I'm sure this is going to be part of the. The uh, conservation effort, yeah. On this thing, um, so I, I don't necessarily. Uh, I, I I don't know. The analogy doesn't work for me because, for instance, if the group wanted to go out to a certain restaurant in our area, I'd say no because I don't feel like spending twenty bucks for lunch. I could, and it would be no dent in my pocket, but I I wouldn't because um, per, you don't you don't get a value out of it. To me, it's 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 a waste. Lunch is You're not lunch. Getting- I enjoy food, but I don't enjoy food. Um, we went to Sir Winston's on the Queen Mary. It's a you know jacket and tie, swanky kind of place. I would don't think you'd consider it a five star. I don't know if it'd even be considered a four, but it's expensive. We did it for this special event, and I could do it once a month for the rest of the year and probably not really matter to me, but I wouldn't because I don't feel like spending a hundred dollars a person. Uh, because it, it matters to you. hundred bucks has a different value to you than to someone who's got an ass ton of money. Okay. But I would spend a hundred bucks a month to experience other things. I'm not talking me, a month. I'm talking a day, but I don't think you're going to see these people spending $300 a day for a week. They're not going to spend. I'm. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying they can, and it doesn't bother them, and, and they won't feel it. They will not. They'll never ever. You know. They'll never yeah, feel. You know, those people are so few and far between. I think that are really okay. that affluent. Uh, but this is my definition of affluent. Okay. <laughs> I understand that, but do you think? Okay. Do you think the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, uh, the Schwarzeneggers are the ones that they're marketing this to? That's what you're saying. Oh, no, That's no, affluent no. to okay. you, right? I mean, Correct. Forbes, uh, you know, Gates, these are affluent people. That's truly the country's affluent, the, the modern-day uh, robber barons. Those, those are the guys who've got the cash. I don't think they're necessarily lobbying those people. Maybe your average lawyer who probably, uh, a law- if a lawyer's doing well, has disposable income. Would you not agree? A doctor that's doing well has disposable income. Sure. My the dentist I go to, my that my wife works for, has disposable income. There is no question about it. Yet, the other dentist that works in the office is a much more down to earth doctor who doesn't make nearly the money as the other one. He thinks twice before he does some things. Doesn't mean that he doesn't live comfortably, but you consider things before you buy them versus knee jerk purchase. You know, the one doctor could probably go out and, though he hemmed and hawed about buying a 7 Series BMW, I was kind of inside going, come on. You know, he, he was saying he couldn't afford the 7, he was going to get his, his wife the 5. And he's telling me this as, you know, the drills in the mouth and you're, you're slobbering answers to him. And, and he tells me how he got this great deal on a lease turn in that was a 7 Series that he paid the same price as the new 5 Series and all sounds great and blah, blah, blah. I just have a hard time believing that if he didn't want the, the, the 70, he couldn't get it. But see, here again is my perspective. 
I have no idea what the guy's bills are, what his overhead on his, on his uh, business, business is. Yeah. All this stuff that you know you assume that he's doing really well. He's got two adult kids going to college, um, and you know, and they're going to good colleges. So there's expenses at different levels. That doesn't necessarily mean because you make three hundred grand a year that you're living any better than a guy making fifty grand a year. It's all about how you live and the size you live and the cost you have, um, the area you live. You know, I mean. Well, it goes on to what's of value to you. Yeah, but I just don't. You're trying to compare this as how you would drop it a day. I think people coming on their vacation who are going to plan might plan this as a special event, not unlike going to um uh what's the restaurant at over at uh grand floridian uh what's victoria uh, now uh, victoria alberts okay okay most people i grant I, i'd say the percentage of people who eat there who travel there on vacation i'm just gonna guess it's like two percent just because of the price i don't you know and it's i think that probably with how many millions of people show up a year and who knows two percent might be high most people aren't going to eat there, but for those few people who want to, or those people who are going to save up, they're on their honeymoon, but they don't have money, but this is that one-in-a-lifetime experience where they save yeah, yeah. the extra bucks to do it. They're not affluent. They just made a, pr- a priority choice of where to spend their money for their value. So, I, I don't know. I just I, The affluent thing hits home a little bit because I've had this long argument with uh, a few people I know that I that think I have all this disposable cash just to give to them and throw around and that I'm a, you know, an eager or evil ogre who doesn't uh, care about people. Well, well, you are, but that's beside the point. Okay. Well, you don't have to tell people the truth. I'm trying to make a point. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, I think that comes back to what my original point was. I can really (laughs) answer that there are people, you know, you brought up the question, would you go for the SeaWorld package if you had you know, looking at it, I can picture taking my family to SeaWorld. Just going by the description on this, depending on how actually, let's say, you know, it's hard to say when it's just on pieces of paper without actually seeing what the plans and concepts and actually having something there. But I could picture, if it's the way I picture it in my mind, I can picture you doing it. I, I would, wouldn't say I'm anywhere near the affluent, but if I'm going to spend the money on that type of vacation, I could picture going that little extra and maybe doing that at just for the one ex- for the experience once. Yeah, let's say you travel every other year to to Florida. You know, for a while we were going at least once a year. I think we may be skipping this year. Um, you do it this time, but you don't do it the next time. There's no recession, right? <laughs> That's why no one's traveling this year. No, it's, it has nothing to do with that. The 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 smoking hot wife wants to do something besides Disney. And, you know, there's just... And she wants to save up for the trip to Scotland next year because the the middle daughter will be graduating from college, or high school. She wanted to go to Europe. I don't think, oh, okay, if we go to Europe, I've got to go to Paris Disney. What's it called? Is it still Paris Disney? I've lost Dis- track. Disneyland Paris. Paris okay. Disneyland Paris. Um, I'm thinking if I'm going across the pond, I'm getting to Disney, and she's just rolling her eyes at me like... Do we have to? Not that she doesn't want to go to the park, and I could really care less about the studio there. I'm more interested in just seeing the Disneyland. How could you not get that close and not drive the channel or 
you know, take a boat yeah. over and see it. I mean, I just can't imagine not doing that. So I went on because she likes, she did a Globus tour once or twice. And then one, she's been over there once with her brothers to Ireland. They did a Globus tour. And right before we got married, she went with a friend of hers and they stayed at uh, a hostel. Uh, they stayed in a school <laughs> where they, they took, uh, you know, like Italian lessons. They bought a Euro rail. They just went around kind of like free birds doing their thing. I uh, remember when we went to pick her up and we were threatening to ship off her brothers. Oh, don't, don't go back there. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they told us that we showed up on the wrong day because they didn't take into account the, the difference of uh, the time. Anyways, yeah, it, it was kind of stupid and dumb. But, you know, anyways, back to the uh, – so she's done the Europe thing. I haven't. So I, I think okay, I'll do a Globus tour if you think they're good, and they, you know, they you, they get a lot of information, so you don't have to figure out how to, you know, drive on the wrong side of the road and look where you're going and pay attention. You can sit on a bus. They give you time. They tell you the history. Blah blah blah. Fine. So I go online and start researching. Well, it's going to cost me basically, you know, let's just round it up a thousand dollars a person just to get across the pond. So there's five thousand right there. Okay, That's just crazy. an airfare. Yeah. Some bucks per person. And I'm just rounding that up, okay? You maybe you'll find one for seven fifty, but I'm rounding it up to be safe. Then these Globus tours, you know, they're running about uh I think twelve Depends. to fifteen hundred a person, depending on what tour yeah. you do, you know. Yeah, that's about it for a week. No. But it includes lodging. Includes lodging and most of your meals. So, you know, free uh, free dining. You know, they get free dining. <laughs> And, you know, they usually it covers your transfer from the airport and back to the uh, the first meet spot. So I'm looking at, you know, 10 grand at least. And I haven't, I don't have any, you know, spending money yet. And I normally would spend maybe three and with spending money, maybe four to go to Florida. And, or go to, you know, like we went to Boston the one time. I think we spent about $1,500, $2,000 for our whole trip. Had a great time. Stayed at the Holiday Inn. You know, uh, yeah. it was fine. Ten grand. i am thinking of a lot of better ways I could spend my money by seeing my own country first. Though I wouldn't <laughs> mind going to the homeland. You know, going back to the roots and all that stuff. But there's plenty still to see here. Um so I don't know. I'm torn by all this. I'd love to see Europe. The guy I sat next to at work, the, the Hong Konger, uh, <laughs> he's like, you got to travel. You got to see the world. You know, he's been to a few places. And um, there are some places I'd like to go to. But quite frankly, I'll, I'll admit that I'm cautious to go to certain parts of the world because I'm an American. And um, hostilities. <laughs> I have no problems admitting that. And, and there are other places I'd like to go that the wife has no interest of going, uh, like the Orient. And really, she doesn't like. I want to go. Okay, I want to go to Tokyo Disneyland. I didn't. Yes, take, I didn't take advantage of the five dollar Mac Air flights when I was in the Air Force. Yeah, but they can strand uh, your ass. They can strand your ass. And that was the thing I was always worried about. And she has no interest in doing that. So some of the guys were thinking about uh, putting the thing together to go over there. And I'm like, oh, I'm all over that. And then she explained to me this Europe trip that we should be taking because the girls getting out of school. So, you know, there's my quandary. So I'm going to try to squeeze in Mouse Fest this year anyways. But, you know, that's minimal cost uh, for one person. 
so uh, you know, see, especially I'm, since I'm, you I'm, don't need a hotel out here. To Mouse Fest. Yeah, you won't need a. Uh, or oh, Mouse Fest. I'm thinking of West Fest. Yes, I, I thought you were. I actually, yeah. I think I am going to get a hotel. See there. Okay, there's my disposable cash. I don't need to stay at a hotel, but I might because the late nights with Aussie and drinking in the early oh. mornings. I might just get a hotel for two nights, uh, close to the park. Just because. Because I can. How's that? Because Mike? you can. Am, am I affluent now? Because I can just throw money at a hotel for the weekend. No. Okay. I just want to make sure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was yeah, a, was my was my affluent definition too nebulous? No. no I mean, no. I, just I thought I was pretty specific. There, there are a couple out on the uh, the uh, forum that I'm sure are already making their notes about mm-hmm. the snobbery. Mm-hmm. Um, a little side note: I couldn't resist. I can't resist. This is reminding me. Um, if you guys get over to Flickr, you've got to look up this uh, new contact I have because looking at uh, see this is bait no this is not Bay Lake right yeah this is uh, no the World Lagoon World Showcase Lagoon no not World God what well, I'm like totally off da, here da, 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 Seven da, da. Seas Lagoon okay there, there's a guy who worked at Disney World before it opened and he has pictures of the uh, the two keel boats out in the Seven Seas Lagoon giving previews to contractors, people who've worked on the park, employees. And it is just so odd to see something like the Gully Whomper out in the middle of the Seven Seas Lagoon. And, and it's just, he's got some great old photographs. I'm going to look up the Flickr contact name so you can look them up. And he's got pictures of like porta potties in the, in the back area where the jungle cruise is going to be, but it's not there yet. Uh, the wow. twenty thousand uh, leagues under the sea. Um, it's just some great old stuff that everybody, I'm sure, would would love to see. And I just got to find the guy's name here real quick in my contact list. More. Got to go more. Oh, here it is. Shit. Uh, it's UFG8R. UFG8R. Yeah, Uniform Frank uh, Gecko. University of Florida Gator. There you go. Uh, the number eight and R. And uh, okay, people. He's even got his Disney World ID. With, with his social security crossed out, he's not that dumb. Um, Walt Disney World, September 1971. Yeah, and there's, you know, the pictures show their age and color and all that, but uh, it's just a great collection of shots to see from back then. It's, yeah, I literally have not, I mean, these are these are those priceless shots you'll never see published anywhere. Uh, no kidding. Wow, lodging host for the Contemporary Hotel. Huh. He also worked, I think, for um, one of the building and construction companies before he did that. So he was there prior to it opening. In fact, I, I, <clears throat> I've i been talking to him. He didn't really know what Skype is. So I'm. Uh, he's wants to do an interview okay. for my other show. Lost Richard, I think. Huh. Bummer for him. We'll just continue the show. Okay. <laughs> if he rings in, then add, add a pack. 
anyways, he wants to. He is agreeable to do an interview. So I thought it would be great to yeah. talk to a guy that was there because he's got no love for um, Eisner, but said he practically worshipped Walton Roy. So he, you know, he's a little by his picture. It's hard to tell how old he is, but you can kind of put two and two together. If he was there in '71 when it opened, he looks like he's probably in his early 20s and how long it's been. Um, you know, it's funny is I yes. don't even see how to add, so leave call. Okay, here it is. That's weird. It, usually I can add him right into the conference. Anyways, he kind of disappeared. Maybe we should just wrap the show up with him gone and, you know. <laughs> okay. Since we're now wandering <laughs> we're around. Um, <laughs> okay. What? We, we are getting some inter, inter, I'm getting a little interference here, but. Yeah, and you dropped twice. That's all right. It's, I think we've about, I'm kind of losing steam on this. I'm just so, I'm more bent by the. Uh, analogy to being affluent. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's definitely experience, expensive, and I'm not sure I'd pay for it. Um, currently, I'm, you know, in a position I could do it, but you know that could change in six months too. Um, Dude, this guy's paycheck. Oh yeah, thirty-two hours total earnings, seventy-eight bucks net pay, forty-seven. <laughs> Eight bucks to the feds, four dollars. Oh my gosh! And he made a living. <laughs> Seventeen dollars in tips. Wow, that's crazy. All right, well, um, yeah, it'd be cool to get this dude on. Yeah, I think he'd be a, a great conversation. Uh, so I, I'm working on it. Okay. I um, saw an incoming call, and then it dropped. Um, so. That's why he. he All right, fine. Well, then let's uh, let's do the rap stuff. Yeah, we can we'll, do that. Uh, uh, West Fest, the DPN's West Fest is coming. Eighty some odd days. We're less than three months away. Yes, we are. So, uh, buy your tickets before. Uh, well, before the price goes up, be cheap. And before they run out. <laughs> yeah, this is a good time when you can say, I want to be cheap. And, and you're not affluent, so you don't want to just throw money away for no reason. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay, jackass. <laughs> um, lots of stuff, lots of fun stuff's planned. Yep, yep, uh, yep. We haven't made our announcement of what we're doing yet, but it's uh, probably because we don't have our act together but we are planning something good that everybody will definitely want to be a part of and you can't be a part of it unless you show up to our meet yeah so, so yeah get there um email addresses greg rich or mike at myscast.com or is it richard i don't remember uh, well anything will get through but whether or not you forward it to him if it's something else correct um feedback on itunes i haven't checked that in a while I haven't either, but let's you know put a call have, out for some anyways. I haven't put, I haven't reinstalled iTunes yet on my machine, so. Oh, okay, no, I mean I could run over there real quick, but you know I'm not going to lose sleep if we don't have any new ones. So, I, I've got it kind of beyond that. It's it's nice to have them, but you know in the long run, what's it really matter? You know? <laughs> Shoot, now I got the hiccups. <laughs> oh crap! What? I have the hiccups. Oh. 
Well, I've been coughing. <laughs> you have the hiccups. You know what are we gonna do? All right. Well then, uh, let's just let's just say good night and get it over with. Okay. Good night and get it over with. Good night. <laughs>